change some, you know, to belong to you. I had the wrong chords. But that's okay, because there's wrong all right. chords all around the world, but especially here in America, on American Brews and Tunes. And tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Welcome to American <laughs> Brews and Tunes. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And that first sound was our pet ostrich. Yes, it was. Hi, Osti. <laughs> oh! <laughs> All right, now get out of here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, welcome to episode number 55. That's what? right. Two fives, repeating numbers? You know that, what that means. I do know what that means. Everybody we, knows what that means. That means that we're one episode past 54. Yes. And one but also... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say in one before fifty six, but I mean it's technically true. Yeah, true. But uh, <laughs> it also means that uh, we are repeating bands that we've reviewed albums from in the past. Yeah. Um. So I know in the past I have reviewed the Hazards of Love by the Decemberists, and you yep. have reviewed Avalanche United by the Av. I am the Avalanche. Avalanche. Yep. So why not review different albums from those same bands? Why not? What could go wrong? A question that stood the test of time. What could go wrong? No, why not? Oh, why not? Okay, but yeah. also, what could go wrong? Yeah. Why not? See, then they're, normally they're in conjunction, right? Yeah, why not? Why not? What, what could, could go, go wrong? wrong? Yeah. So, for the past... Uh, actually, it's, it's only been a week, I think, that we've been listening to these albums. We, we didn't give ourselves too much time because we... Yeah, no, because I didn't, I didn't feel what, like we didn't Last really week was much. the Animal Collective and Silverstein, and that, those ones were doozies. So, they were doozies. So we... we this was almost like a palate cleanser, even though they, they weren't... Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. I wouldn't call them, like, super easy albums, but I'd say oh, we'll call it a palate a lot, cleanser a lot after that easier, last though. one. A lot easier. Yeah, so I've been listening to, as I said, The Decemberists, and the album is called What a Beautiful World, What a Terrible World. Yeah. Or uh, strike that, scratch it, reverse. What a terrible oh, world, what, what a, a beautiful, beautiful world. world. And, and what have you been listening I've to? I've been listening to I Am The Avalanche's album... Wolverines. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Wolverines. Wolverines. What which a great is, album. Which is much different than the Silverstein album. I'd say so, and the Decemberist is much different than, than the Animal, uh, Collective. Animal Collective. Quite, quite. I would say for the better, um, but <laughs> yeah. musical taste is uh, a little subjective. Subjective. I mean, yeah. It's completely, well, it's completely subjective. subjective. <laughs> it's completely Not subjective. Not a little subject- subjective. Yeah. It does bring people together, but it also creates arguments and drives people apart true but it shouldn't drive people apart no i don't think so there have been times when i'm at a concert and you can definitely feel like a difference in the room whenever like a band's playing that everybody is there to see you know and everybody's there to to enjoy it you feel the unity yeah 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 but then like in that movie uh what's that movie called american history x yeah remember when he's that uh the guy from um, what's the the Corey and Sean TV show? Boy Meets World. Frankie, the big the big fat guy, when he's he's the the big fat Nazi in yeah in uh, American History X. Remember when he's driving in his pickup truck, blasting that Nazi music? Oh, right. like that will drive people apart. Yeah, well, well, it also unifies. It unifies the Nazis, the neo Nazis. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast recently where uh, he was the who interviewer uh, Sam Harris's podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to a, a guy who was an old neo-Nazi. Oh, and he talked about how that music was specifically meant to like entrench neo-Nazi ideas into their heads. Yeah. And to like make them more unified. I'd just like to listen really, to that. Really weird What's stuff. the name of his podcast again? Waking Up Podcast. I'll have to check that with out. Sam Harris. It's pretty dope. The Nazi episode, I suppose, is what that one's called. I can't remember what it's called. That's probably not a good title for an episode. No. Let's, yeah. Let's, uh, anyways, um, we'll come back to these two albums, Decemberists and I Am the Avalanche, but before we do, let's talk about our beer. Yes, let's, 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 let's. Yes. Uh, I know that <laughs> what, last week you had an Oktoberfest, am I And right? the week before. And the week before. So what are you doing to change it up this week? Well, I'm changing up breweries, but not style. What? I'm on the Oktoberfest train right now. I mean, it is whoop, September whoop. officially now, so Oktoberfest should be starting up. Pulling into Cigar City Brewing Station. Whoop, whoop. Have we had anything from Cigar City on this podcast before? I don't believe that we have. Uh, maybe. 
I don't believe we have, but that doesn't mean that we haven't. Um, in I feel case like we maybe we did. C- Cigar City is from Florida. 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 Born in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. And they've got some pretty solid brews. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. what, their flagship IPA is the High Lie. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Very good, especially the white oak version. Yes. Very tasty. Very so you much have so. their Oktoberfest. Yes, Oktoberfest. Merzen style lager. Interesting. Uh, it's coming at a 5.8% ABV and an IBU level of 25. That's a low IBU uh, level. Lager brewed Actually, with that's a little higher than I expected. Not gonna German lie, but... barley and hops. It's, it's higher than you expected? Oh, the IBU level. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Let me tell you about this beer, or at least what the can tells me. Yeah, tell me what the can tells you. Uh, Mit malt flavors of bread crust and herbaceous hop notes familiar to generations of revelers, our Merzen-style lager is full-bodied and complex, but it finishes... (laughs) I started to change accents during that. It almost sounded like it went a little French. A little bit, I guess. Um, Complex, but finishes as smooth as a fresh pear... Of Lederhosen. <laughs> so I'm excited to, to get some Lederhosen notes up that in this beer. So we're both having southern beers. Yours is a little bit deeper south than mine. A little bit more south. Uh, mine's is, a local is, brew. Is Florida from, really the south, though? I don't know. I've heard sometimes whenever, it's so far south, it's the north. That's what I've heard. Well, yeah, like whenever people talk about, quote unquote, the south, it seems like they're not talking about Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida is a, a strange entity. An enigma. Yeah, I suppose that's a good word. It's, it's the weird. exception. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a local beer to us. It's from Ooh, Nashville. Yeah. Uh, the brewery is Southern Grist, and I They're believe great. I've had one of their brews on the podcast before. Um, but yeah, I'm having you got one. Gr- you got a growler or something, right? Yes, it was a growler. pale ale that was something noise. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It um, wasn't noise pollution. No, it's bearded iris, right? No, that's yeah, that's, that's beer iris, but this was like whisper or something. Oh right, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. It was a pale ale, but this week I'm having an IPA, a coconut IPA. Ooh, it's bro. called Broken Nut. Broken Nut Classic. So it's uh, <laughs> the cover's pretty awesome. It's just this coconut on rollerblades wearing a hat, <laughs> and he's got arms. What does LFG mean? I have no idea. Life is Less, good. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Live for grist. I don't know. But anyways, live for good. As you told me what the can told you on your beer, I'll tell you what the can tells me on my beer. Okay. I'm excited to hear about it. This IPA featuring Citra and Eucanaut hops. Um, and Eucanaut, Eucanaut, I don't really know how to pronounce it, but it's spelled E-K-U-A-N-O-T. Eucanaut, probably, yeah. Eucanaut hops is bursting with juicy, fresh-toasted coconut goodness Ooh. for a uniquely tropical drinking experience. <laughs> experience. Well, both these brews sound Funny. good. Yours, yeah. yours sounds a little bit more to the traditional style of the uh, the Meritzen lager. Yeah, the Meritzen. While mine seems like it's a slight departure from the traditional IPA. Yeah. Um, so sounds good. Uh, shall we give them a try? Crack we our shall. cans and... Uh, and then pour our beers into glasses. Sounds like a plan to me. Ooh. I wonder if mine's going to be a hazy IPA. It said juicy on the can, but I didn't say anything about uh, haze. Maybe? Let's see. I mean, yeah, well, as I pour it out, I'll, I should be able to get a, a better view because Southern Grist does do some pretty solid hazy IPAs. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They kind of branch out a little bit more from it than Bearded Iris does, I would say. But I think Bearded Iris might have them beat on the style. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Um I'm Southern slightly Grist. partial to Bearded Iris, but I, Southern Grist is a f- another phenomenal brewery. Yeah, Southern Grist definitely does more, or doesn't just focus on hazy IPA. And they've had one of my favorite um, stouts, that Vanillionaire. Remember that? Oh, that was a really good beer. It was it was a stout brewed with like all kind of tons of vanilla, yeah, like raw vanilla, process, whatever, oh, all kinds right. of vanilla. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. there was marshmallow and stuff in it too. Yeah. And it. Oh, it was so good. It was real good. We stood in line to get that one. We I only got one bo- or two bottles, but I wish Same I would have got, I wish I got like more, four but, or something because yeah. it was that good. Oh, well. well uh, Yours is definitely we, uh, a kind of hazy. Yeah, I'd, I'd call mine a hazy. Mine is exactly what I expected it to look like. It's that acorn brown. It is. Yours looks very and spot clear. on. Yours looks spot on. Mine and smells like pineapple. Really? Yeah, before even trying it, it's get a whiff of mine. See, see what it smells like. It smells like trop. Like you can get coconut and pineapple. Ooh, wow, yeah, that's very. It smells very like fruity. a uh, what's that drink? Pina colada. Pina colada. Yeah, it smells like a pina colada. 
My beer smells like I would expect it to smell. Question: Why do people pronounce it pina colada? Because it does have it does that have the accent over accent the end, mark right? on the end, on the end, so it should be pina. If colada. you like pina coladas, yeah, you, I don't know. If why. you like pina coladas, um, I don't know. People are ignorant. Like, like hasta mañana. Remember that word? Yeah. Hasta, that, yeah. If, without yeah. the accent, it'd be hasta manana. Hasta manana. <laughs> I never understood that. I was like, but the accent, I, I, I can't remember what the, is it Atilda? I can't remember what the accent mark's called, but it's it the, should be pronounced. It's the same with uh, with Mertzen. It has the Mertzen. umlauts over the A. So you take an A voice the shape, and then, yeah, you take the A vowel Mertzen. sound Mertzen. and give it an O mouth shape yeah. to get Mertzen. Well, what do you say we cheers these and try them? Yeah. Let's. Let's. And uh, for all of you joining us, uh, go ahead and give us, say the magic phrase with us. Yeah. Down the hatch. Ooh. Mine tastes just like it smells. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, you get a little bit of the hop characteristic that comes through. Um, But I do feel like a bro when I drink this, and I can taste the <laughs> coconut. I do feel like a bro when I drink this. I just want to bro down now. Want to bro down? I want to go hey. to the... I want to, like, have a bro down with the at the Brodeo with the bros. The Brodeo? Yeah. That's a Lagwagon song. I can't take credit for creating oh, is the word. I wish I could take credit for creating the term Brodeo. Oh, well. <sighs> at least they created it and not someone else. Yeah. But this is tasty. I'm happy with this. It's good. Nice. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a lower ABV. It's, I believe, 6.1 is what the can said. That's not bad. Um, which, uh, am I correct? Yes, I'm correct. 6.2, actually. Oh. So I was off by 0.1. Which uh, I believe that considers it low grav by Tennessee laws. Yeah, uh, before they changed the laws, the max that you could uh, brew was six point two, right? Yeah. So anything above that was you could brew was six point two. Anything above that was considered liquor and had to be sold at a liquor store. It's just so weird. It was odd. They they switched their laws to up it to I think ten. I think it's like ten point two or ten point five now. It's something much higher now. Yeah, which is better for the people and the the breweries. It's better for everybody. Yeah, you don't need a separate like distiller's license to make. Yeah. High gravity beer, which you yeah. shouldn't have needed that in the first place. Yeah, agreed. Anyways, uh, do you want to move on to the, the records? Well, let me say something about this beer. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I talked about mine, and you didn't talk about yours. Um, This beer, I would say I'm trying to f- figure out if, if which one of the last three that I've had is the best. You know what I mean? Yes. The last one I had la- I, uh, last week was the Sierra Nevada. With vine and stampfener. And I tasted yours, and I tasted the Wiseacre, and I think I liked the, the... I liked the Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada one. best out of those two. Here, well, try this one. Yeah, and you can try mine. Because this one, this one has more of a bready taste. It's less... Like, the flavors are more pronounced than the Sierra Nevada one, and I can't tell if I enjoy that more or le- or less. It is a lot bready. I, I agree with you. It's more bready and less caramely. Oh, Less, way less caramely. I think I like the Sierra Nevada more because it had a little bit more of a, a I caramel think so note too. But that one's still pretty solid. This one's still really good though. It, it tastes like it should taste. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good brew. That one does taste like it smell. Yeah, it, <laughs> it like it smells. It does very pineapply, coconut. Really, that fruity, tropical. juicy pineapple flavor yeah. alongside that toasted coconut. You're taste. on the island with the bros. Yeah, just trying to bro down, bro island, or bro up, or bro all around. Just bro everywhere. Yeah, bro time, bro time. <laughs> Bro, it's right. Oh, gosh. Three, two, one. Bro. bro. Just set a go. <laughs> On your marks. Get, Get set. set. Bro. <laughs> Stop and bro. Stop and bro. Bro. All right. Stop, drop, and, and bro. Uh, oh, man. Josh, bro, Lynn. <laughs> That's a stretch. All right, let's go to the music. I believe you went first last week. Bromine. So I will go first this week. Yeah, go for it. Bromium. Bromium. All right, bro, let's go. Enough about about bros. Bro. The Decemberists, what a terrible world, what a beautiful world. Yeah. Or in the words of some other famous people, what a terrible world, what a B-E-A-utiful world. (laughs) That's Um, how I remember how to spell beautiful. That is me me too. B-E-A-utiful. I learned that from, um, what's that movie with Jim Carrey where he gets all of God's powers? Bruce Almighty? Yes, because that was his catchphrase. B-E-A-utiful. Oh, okay. It's a funny movie. It was a funny movie. Um, Then there was the, the second one. Evan Almighty? Yeah. It wasn't as good, but it was still fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Bruce Almighty was, was good. All right, so Decemberists, what a terrible world. What a beautiful world. This came out in 2015, so it's not too terribly old. 
about three years old, almost four years old. It's their seventh studio album. And prior to its release, the band had been on a hiatus. Yeah. Between hiatus, yeah. 2011 and 2014. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty lengthy hiatus. They mm-hmm. were doing solo endeavors, all kind of other stuff. Um, I just guess just living life, you know? Yeah, living life, bro. So this was their first album after they returned. Um, it's a little less... I don't have too terribly much to compare it to. Like I don't. I think you might know their back catalog more than me. I, I of course, am only more uh, well versed with the Hazards of Love, which I reviewed yeah. for a previous episode. So my experience with them is going to relate to that. Yeah. Um, it's a little less rock sounding than that album because that album had some rock elements. I would say. Yeah. Um, but it's also a little less folk sounding. Yep. Um, it's still folky, but there's some other influence. Like there's. Rock and roll influence, but yeah, not rock not influence. Rock. If yeah. that makes sense, there's yeah. some blues influence. I wouldn't say jazz, but maybe like there's. there's I wouldn't some say d- jazz either. I'd say blues. There's definitely some like interesting blues in- influence on this record. So yeah, it, it uh, switches up the sounds pretty nicely. I will say that there are a lot of songs on this where their melodic, uh, I don't want to say structure, but like their melodies that they create. Or reminiscent of some of the melodies that they've created on the Hazards of Love. Oh, really? Uh, like the first and the last track on there, there were some hmm. some melodies that hearkened to that. I don't think okay. it's intentional. Just you know how sometimes you hear a melody from someone, you're like, oh, that's a melody from that blah, sounds blah, blah. like this. Yeah, like it sounds like this. Colin Malloy, I guess that's his name. Yep, the, the singer. I guess I could probably pick out his melodies pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, there are only so many notes that you can yeah. work with, and I'm sure that people get kind of get into grooves. Yeah. It's, as to how they write songs, and I think he did the type of not a bad uh, thing at all. It's just recognizable. What's the word for it? The type of uh, I don't know, what like devices for. that a singer and songwriter normally use. I don't know, like how uh, who was it, Bach or Beethoven? No, Bach would always use like the same type of accents in his mm. in his piano lines just or melody signature lines. Signature little things. We'll yeah. call him that. Um, anyways, this is not a concept album. On like Hazards of Love. And apparently a lot of their other albums were conceptual in one way or another. And so this album isn't very much per se. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But, you know, to each its own. Yeah. So let's dive in, shall we? Let's dive in. The first song is called The Singer Addresses His Audience. Ah. And he does. Yes, he does. Um, I recommended this and I gave it a rating of Beautiful World. Wow. <laughs> uh, there's not too many... There's not too very many ratings on this album. Okay. Um, I will say this up front. I like the, the album pretty much the whole way through. Okay. Um, this quite, like I said, this quite literally is as the title suggests. He's yeah. singing to the audience. Um, and Colin Malloy talked about how this is almost from a fictionalized perspective of like mm. if you're like a pop, like a, a mainstream pop band that like people like live for your band. And like, you know how like, like a boy band, there's a craze or like the, the Beatles yeah. when everyone's going crazy over them. Um, it's him like talking about like, this is our next album, and you know, we know that you love us. Uh, you've like styled your life around us, yeah. Uh, but and we know you don't want us to change, but we had to change a little, yeah. Um, so even though he's saying that, I still think he's probably saying that from his own perspective a little too, because mm-hmm. he, he said that he's he feels like confident in their sound and what he's producing. But I think everybody's probably got a little bit of self conscious and a little self doubt that he's probably like. You know, they, they've been gone for three years. Yeah, yeah, they were on hiatus for a while, and so they're like... First album in, what, four years or so? Yeah, so, it's, so it's like, it's not going to be exactly the same as what we normally, yeah. like, typically do. So I think that's what he did. Um, and it's just it's just cool. There's even funny notes where he's talking about, like, we know that you cut your hair in the style that our drummer, our drummer wore, wore in that video. Yeah. I thought that was that's always a and funny line. he talks line. about some song being to the benefit of Axe, of Axe Shampoo. Shampoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just goofy, but... It's also very catchy too, and it's yeah. got it builds up the whole way through the song, and then there's some really nice like heavy guitar tones in the end, and it's just it's a really good song. It's long, but it doesn't feel long. Right? Yeah. I remember like I'm like it's the song feels like it's over, and I look at it, it's like halfway done. I'm like oh, and then the rest of the song happens like oh, it fits in really well. Yeah. It's a great song, great way to start off the album, especially yeah, after coming is. back from hiatus. Yeah. Uh, moving on to track number two, which is called Cavalry Captain. I always want to mm. say Cavalry. But it's cavalry. I know that's the right word. Oh, you, you, you did, that's just what you naturally that's want to say. just me, because I, I say it incorrectly. It's just me. Not, cavalry. Yeah, I don't know why. Cavalry. I gave this rating of uh, Beautiful World. I yeah. didn't recommend it. This was one of their, their big singles, and it's very catchy. I can yeah. understand why it was pushed as a single. Yeah. I am the, the cavalry captain. captain. I am the remedy to your heart. Uh, like I said, I super catchy. And 
I almost recommended it based on how catchy it was, but I couldn't really get too much out of the lyrics. I read them all, and it I think it could be a love song, or maybe him speaking to people that he wants to influence. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's super catchy. In the end, I didn't recommend it, but I mean, super listen nice, to it anyways. Super it's, nice horn part. It, it, it is. Very poppy song. I could hear this being played on the radio. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to track number three, which is called Philomena. I gave it a rating of Beautiful World. Okay. Um, this song can be interpreted very graphically. Yep. <laughs> um, like that one an interesting song. song on the Animal Collective album, yeah. Bluish. Yep. Um, this one can be interpreted very graphically. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> like a love song. I'd though. say it's pretty on the nose. It's a love song. I'd say it's more about the perspective of someone evolving through their, how they feel about love. Like yeah. a, from immaturity to maturity almost. Like yeah. the course is like, all I wanted to do was see a naked woman yeah and then he's like but i wanted more Less. more after more. that i wanted more yeah yeah so it's just talking about how like when you're a kid and you're like oh make a make a person oh yeah um, but then you realize there's more than just that yeah um, and so it's that but it, it does get kind of graphic i'll just leave it at that <laughs> you guys can explore that song yourself uh it's a fun song it's really fun and, and almost whimsical sound yeah, I'll yeah, say yeah that. for sure Oh, Philomena, do me me and I'll be your candle. It's so funny I'll and nice be sounding. your statue and I'm doing yeah. But I'm going to move on to track number four, which is called Make You Better. I gave this recommendation mm. of Beautiful World, and I almost recommended this as well. Cause I very much like this song. It's a really, like, I almost, it was, I struggled whether I wanted to recommend or har- like, um, honorably mention this. Yeah. And in the end, there were just a couple other that I put ahead of it. Okay. But this is a fantastic song. This is where it definitely, you hear a divergence from their old sound. Yes. It's not folky at all. It's not folky. Not it's folky like, at all. how would you describe it? It's like almost, I don't know. It's really like stripped back at the beginning, just an electric guitar. I want you, them fingers. I wanted you. Thin fingernails. I can't. I think that's the line. Um, but yeah, and then it, it kind of builds up. It's got this minor sounding verse, but then the chorus yeah. is major and powerful sounding. Yeah. And the whole thing's about a failed relationship, about someone who puts so much stock into this relationship. Like when you define yourself on a relationship and then it fails because you you really wanted to make her better yeah. and you wanted her to make you better and then things fell apart. It's a, it's kind of a sad song when you, after you listen but to it. We're not so starry eyed anymore. The chorus is so catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I could recommend more songs, I would have recommended this. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that song too. Very good song. Moving on to track number five, uh, which is called Lake Song. Um, it's a world. It's not a terrible world. It's not a beautiful world. It's a world. It's, a world. <laughs> it's just a um, world. It's, it's Lake Song, not Rake's Song. <laughs> ho, ho, throwback. Ho, what a great um, joke. But this is a very melodramatic love song. Yeah, I was just the one where he's like, um, and I was... 17 and, and terminally... Fay is the word. Terminally fay. What does that mean? F-E-Y. Um, I believe... I can't remember the top of my head. I think it's like infatuated or like in love. Okay, yeah. Fae. I always thought he was saying vain. Fay. F-E-Y. I looked at okay. it. Because it, 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 it's hard to tell what he's saying and there. Terminally he, He's fae. got a huge vocabulary. Yeah, well, he has a degree in creative writing or something yeah, like so that. Yeah, so he's a very literature-focused guy. He's very... I mean, a lit, like the a hazards of love they wrote to be a stage play yeah uh and then i actually didn't know that when i reviewed it until yeah i looked it up afterwards it oh, was really? gonna be a stage play but they're like it, it was almost impossible to perform on a stage so they just did it as an album huh that's pretty cool <laughs> and during their touring cycle they just played it uh front to back which would have been so cool to see yes it would have been um yeah but uh lake song yeah, it's not bad um the verses aren't don't do too much for me but the chorus is very catchy mm-hmm. uh, moving on to track number six it's called Till the Water's All Gone. I gave this a terrible world rating because I had to give it to one song. I don't hate the song. <laughs> it's not it terrible. I had to give it to one song. Um, it's my least favorite. That's why okay. I gave it that rating. That I, 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 w- I probably wouldn't skip it, um, but it's my least favorite. Um, it does have a really cool guitar part, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's. I don't know if it's a picking pattern or if he's using a pick, but it's it's really cool, um, like bluesy guitar part. Yeah. I, I like that. I think that's my favorite part of the song. Moving on to track number seven, which is called The Wrong Year. Um, I recommended mm. this, and I gave it a rating of Beautiful World, of course. I like this song. I think it might might be my favorite on the album. Is this, Gray Jean was a river child. Yes, it is. Born down by the river, river wild. wild. Bum, 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 bum. The bass line's so good mm. also. Yeah. Um, that chord progression that comes at the beginning, Blink-182, 1564. That's that chord progression. That's great. 
Um, that's not the reason why I love it, but it's, I mean, it's a great chord progression for a reason. It's a chord progression that a lot of people use. Because yeah, it's so diverse. I've used it before plenty of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's a great song. The melody throughout is fantastic. Um, and the message is kind of cool, too. I think mm-hmm. it's about like two people who like each other or love each other. Who knows? Um, but they don't know the other likes them, perhaps. And Maybe, it's like yeah. a, a misconnection of sorts, like the... The time, like the right place, wrong time. Yeah. Right person, wrong time. Like the the rain falls, but on the wrong year. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a good song. It's mm-hmm. so catchy. Yeah. And the bass line, like I said. Before before I started listening to this album, probably I think I just started listening to it to it last year. Um, that was the one song that I knew off the album. Oh really? You yeah. Because I think they had played this one before. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the only song I knew before going into this album. I think probably a year ago. I didn't know any of them. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, I, it's such a good I guess song. I guess it's probably my favorite. Uh, moving on to track number eight, and this is where things start to get a little different on the album. I think. They, yeah. They switch up some of the, the songs and throw up some curveballs. I guess is a good some way. Curveballs. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. Uh, this song's called Caroline Carolina. Low. Carolina Low. Um, gave it a rating of Beautiful World. Um, it's got a really cool, ominous guitar. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how you would describe that guitar tone. Like, in the tune of, like, probably in drop D. It sounds like deep yeah. southern dark music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool sounding. Yeah, for sure. Um, and great picking pattern. It almost sounds like it could be a traditional song, but. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carolina. But yeah, cool song. Moving on to track number nine, which is called Better Not Wake the Baby. Uh, I gave us a rating of Beautiful World. And it's, uh, again, along the changing it up path that the last yeah. song set. This is almost whimsical. It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird, but it's really fun. Yeah. Um, it's just like there's banjos and there's just like weird percussive Better instruments. Better Not Wake the Baby. And the imagery is really weird because he's like talking about, he's like, gouge your eyes with a butter knife, but you yeah. better not wake the baby. How long will this go on? Better not wake the baby. Better not wake the baby. It's one of the songs that if I'm in the mood to listen to it when I'm listening to the album, I will. But if I'm not, I'm like, skip it. I would never skip this song. <laughs> it's such a I weird it's, song. It's so weird, but I love it. Like I, yeah. The first time I heard it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, what? This is so different, but I love it. Um, I almost... Did I honorably mention that? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I did honorably you? mentioned it. Because oh, I do love that song, and I would never okay. skip it. <laughs> so that's why I like it so much. Okay. I didn't see the HM. My bad. Um, but yeah, let's move on to uh, <laughs> number 10. Um, this is where it starts to return to normal a little bit. Yeah. Um, this song's called Anti-Summer Song. Gave it a rating of Beautiful World. Um, this song is catchy and a little meta. Yeah. Um, it's also, it seems like it's also kind of in the same vein as the first song. Where yeah. he's like addressing his listeners. I, they do that a couple times on this album, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, different for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they on their album, The Crane Wife, they have a song called Summer Song. Summer Oh, yeah, Summer Song, yeah. And they also have other songs that allude to summer, like July or June. I can't remember off the top July, of my July, July, July. And so, Nothing essentially, I think the song is saying, and I think, think. this is what it's saying, um, that summer is overrated and he's decided to no longer write stuff about it because he's, like, done it before. And it's there's a lot of, like, negative connotations about the summer in this song. He's like, he's like, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a really catchy I'm song. Not, he's not going on. Going on. That, that's the best part is the call and response because he says that, and I'm not. And the callback, like the response I'm is, not. I'm not. It's like really manly. <laughs> going on. Going on. It's so Just goofy. Just to sing another summertime suicide song. Super catchy, though. I like this song. So long, so long. See, See you later. later. <laughs> so weird. I like the violins at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to track number 11. It's called Easy Come, Easy Go. I gave it a rating of Beautiful World. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a interesting song, and it goes a little bit back to like Hazards of Love because it's more storytelling a little yeah. bit. There's four different characters that he outlines in the story, and they all, except for one, pretty much meet their end yeah. in a bad way. Um, and I think he's just talking about how like everything's temporal and finality will come because like, yeah. easy come, easy go. You never know when the whistle's going to blow. Yeah. It's got a weird feel to this song too like that weird guitar tone almost like mm-hmm. 50s like i don't want to say surf rock but like when i think of quentin tarantino's mu- like music and his movies yeah this would fit in with it yeah definitely so that's not what you'd expect from the december at least not what i would expect yeah 
Uh, moving on to track number 12, which is called Mistral. I gave this an honorable mention, and it's another beautiful world. Apparently, the Mistral is a wind that blows, I believe, to the northeast in Europe somewhere, France mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and that's why the chorus, like, it'll, will blow it away. Like the Mistral. Oh, yeah, yeah. Will the Mistral blow it all away? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this song is about a trip that he took to Europe that a lot of things went wrong. It mm. wasn't a trip. Like, he talks about being, like, stuck in a tourist bar and, like, how that's yeah. not fun because you want to go see the stuff. Um, and, like, in the end, he's like, he's like, well, that's what a waste back to the States. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's really a catchy song. That's the only reason I honorably mentioned it is because oh, it's so catchy. Blown it all away. Um, but let's move on to track number 13. Um, this is called 12, 17, 12. I gave us a rating of Terrible World, Beautiful World. Because, of course, that's where we got the title from, is this song. Um, do you know what the song's about? Um, well, judging by the date, it seems like it's pretty about their hiatus. Not their hiatus. It's about something heavy, though. Oh, really? Do you know what happened on that date? No. The Sandy Hook shooting. Oh. Yes. Um, for all of oh. you who are listening who don't know what that is, that was, I believe, Sandy Hook. Was that it's in, New- in, in the East? Connecticut? Yeah, was I it? think somewhere up I, there. I could be getting that wrong. Um, but it was a shooting in an elementary school that yeah. uh, that a lot of children and teachers died. Mm. It was real bad. Like I do remember that. It was a really, that. really bad. Like no good, no school shootings good. But this one was like elementary school kid. It was really bad. Um, and so this song might not be like written directly like addressing that, other than the title says it. Um, but this song he's talking about how his like wife's pregnant with his, is expecting with their child, and how he's like super excited and joyous. But there's other people grieving, and so hmm. I think, like, obviously they're grieving for their lost children. So, yeah. you know, with life, there's there's a ring of new life, but there's always exiting of wasted life. Yeah. So, what a beautiful world! What a terrible world! Or flip yeah. it. I really like the melody in this. I do too. Part. It's a really catchy what song, but it's a beautiful world. What a terrible world. There's no chorus. It's, it's all. I guess you could call that the refrain. That's kind of the refrain, the hook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's heavy when you. Yeah, kind of think I didn't about know that. it was about that. Yeah, it's really heavy, but it's a good song. Hmm. And nice. uh, on to the last song. Um, so like you know, like normally, like for your last song, you call it like the last song. Um, but they called it a beginning song. Oh, which is weird. I gave it a rating of beautiful world. It's my last recommendation. Okay. Um, so it is interesting to put a beginning song at the end. Um, I, I suppose maybe. When something's end, it's the beginning of something new. Maybe that's what they're yeah. going for. Yeah. Um, but this is another one where he addresses the audience for sure. Yeah. Um, and this is a song of intense self-reflection, I would say. Because mm-hmm. um, in the chorus, uh, which is super catchy, by the way, um, he's asking <laughs> himself, um, like that he like he, he he says that he's waiting and he's wanting, and he questions that. Yeah. Like, he's like, like I'm wanting. Should I be wanting? Yeah. Uh, wait, waiting, whatever. Uh, and he's like, when he talks about, like, when you think about what he's waiting for, what he's wanting for, it's probably for for something good or something better. Um, yeah. But then he talks about, he's like, but, you know, it's all around me. It's all around. Um, so at the end of the song, he kind of provides answers for that when he talks about his two kids and his wife. And so I think that's him trying to say, like, I need to I need to check myself. Get and, a perspective and, on things. Yeah, and look at how good good everything is and not just... I don't know. I don't think he says wallowing, but maybe looking for something else. Well, you know, the wanting comes in waves. And the wanting comes in waves. The best course of all time. <laughs> in waves. And the wanting comes in waves. Ooh. Waves course is the best. But yeah, um, this is a good course. album. I, yeah. would, I would buy this album. That's yeah, it's good. a great the album. The replay factor is very high. Yeah. Um, even though that one song I had to rate at Terrible World, I wouldn't skip it. I, I think I would listen to this the whole way through. Um, this might even be a vinyl album. Really? I think it's one a solid one. On vinyl. Nice. Yeah, I think this is a very solid album. Yeah, I would definitely say I'm so. glad that you recommended it. Yeah, it's a great album. You want to change uh, notches and uh, go to I Am The Avalanche? Yeah, let's uh, let's turn, I'd probably say, how, how much do you think? Like 90 degrees? Probably. Not really 180. Like a right turn? Yeah, it's just like a right turn. An exact or a left right turn. turn. No, I mean Either like way. a right angle turn. Yeah, but you can also turn a left. Left angle turn. At a right angle. Yeah, you can it's go left right, or right. It's still a right angle. You can you can do a double right, but two wrongs don't make a right. This does two lefts don't make a right, but three do. But three do. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Reliant K. What a great album. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the album is called Wolverines by the band I'm the Avalanche. It's a concept album about Wolverine from Marvel. Yes. <laughs> Not at <laughs> and all. How, and how there are multiple universes, so there are multiple Wolverines. 
That or is, multiple Wolverine of Wolverine. That's why it's called Wolverines. Yeah. Like in Spider-Man, they're in the Spider-Verse. Yeah, the multi-Spider-Verse. Yeah. But no, that's we, not we, actually we what just, it's about. There's nothing to do with Marvel in this. But um, we can marvel about how great the album is. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll let you review. Uh, if you guys remember the last time I reviewed an I Am The Avalanche album, uh, I think I probably said this during that episode, but they, uh, the, the messages are not dense and not deep. No, he, he, he kind of writes they're it all, and puts it all out there they're in all an understandable very way. very literal. Like the lyrics are all very literal, literal and all very straightforward. Yeah. So I didn't really have a too, much, too hard of a time figuring out what these songs were about. And I also didn't have a hard time getting into the album because it sounds like a lot like the uh, album Avalanche United. Yeah. And, but that one took you a little while to get into because you, it yeah, took you I a while to warm up to his vocal yeah, style. Yeah, I wasn't used to his, his vocal style. Um, but already having acquainted yourself on that album, you were prepared. Literally, first listen. The first listen of the first song, I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Yeah. This is, uh, the, this is the first album I listened to by them. Like when we went to see the, the Swellers at one time in Pittsburgh, yeah. the Swellers were opening up for I'm the Avalanche. And I only knew the one song, The Shape I'm In. Um, and at we missed it because we were down at the bar uh, having a beer. Talking to the Swellers bassist, right? Yeah. And then yeah, we heard The Shape okay. I'm In and we're like, oh, I got a crap. We, yeah. we missed it, but we went up and the rest of the show was great. So I bought Wolverines after the show and listened yeah. to it. And I was so happy. What a great album. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the first track is called Two Runaways. Mm. And I got five out of five and recommended it. Good choice. Good uh, choice. It's a great, just a fantastic album opener. Uh, really, I mean, it lets you know what the rest of the album is going to sound like, even mm-hmm. though after you listen to it one time, you realize that most of the songs have like the same type of guitar tone i think yeah the same almost type everyone. of same type of uh like same type of everything <laughs> it's like the lyrical content is what changes and the melodies change yeah but just about all of them have, sound the same have the same type mm-hmm. of uh devices used oh yeah Vin caruana their uh lead songwriter and singer is very easy to, to pick out his his melodies yeah his melodies and his voice and his and chord choices the general chord choices and yeah. sounds yeah um, but Two Runaways is a great, great song. It's about... He's gonna marry her. <laughs> He's never gonna <laughs> let it fall apart. Two Runaways. A real American work of art. Except in the last one, when he goes, Work of art. Yeah. Great that, song. That's pretty much what the song's about, is about yeah. uh, two people running a relationship, away. two people running away, and they're like, we're never gonna let this fall apart. Mm-hmm. It's going to last forever. It reminds me of... Did you ever see the movie... Um, what the heck's that movie? The Graduate. No, I haven't seen that um, yet. With, uh, with that one guy. Can I tell you the last scene? No. Uh, it's like the best in like most... like. Oh, the last scene is the best. We know the premise, right? He's graduating. Dustin Hoffman's graduating. Uh, he's like, all his parents are and like, you're going to, you're going to go to college. You're going to be great. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I don't know what I want to do. He's like, I don't know what I want to do. And then he gets yeah. seduced by this older woman, Mrs. Oh, Robinson. right. Is that where Simon and Garfunkel got that song? They wrote the soundtrack also. It's, it's oh. all, their music's all throughout. It's great. I need to watch that movie. Uh, but like the, I, I just want to say, I'm not going to because I ruin <laughs> movies. Um, but I'm not giving anything away. He falls in love with the seductress. Well, old cougar, I guess we can call her daughter because she's his age, and so that's that's the dilemma there. Okay. Um, but the last scene, I'm just going to tell you what to look for. I won't say anything of what's happening. Um, Hold on, Steve. No, this will not give anything away. Steve, whenever you say that, you normally say something. I promise it won't. That alludes to something. This else. will give nothing away. I promise. Okay, I'm but trusting like, you. You're rooting for something, and then like at the very last scene, just watch for the facial expressions. That's all I have See, to say. It's ruined now. No, it's not a ruin because it gives <laughs> nothing away of what's happening. Well, you said one thing that kind of does. No. It gives you said you're rooting for one thing. So now I know that I'm supposed to be rooting for something to happen. But I don't at the s- end. I'm not going to say whether it happens or not. I know, but now it's not going to now I'm not going to have that feeling naturally because I already know that I'm supposed to have it. Ah, who cares? Just look for the facial <laughs> expressions because are they good? It's the best. <laughs> it 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 has a lot of discussion points afterwards. In a nice oh. way. 
Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Interesting. It's, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but watch it. I don't if know you if it is it. either. But yeah, I, I need to watch it. And I didn't know that uh, Simon and Garfunkel did the did the music for it. Oh yeah, that's pretty dope. It's so good. The soundtrack's so good. How does that song go, Mrs. Robinson? Cuckoo, cuckoo, Mrs. Mrs. Robinson. Jesus, for those who pray. Hey, hey, hey. Where did you go, Joe DiMaggio? I saw Paul Simon like a month ago on his farewell tour, and I can't remember if he played that or not. He probably did. I don't think he did. Didn't matter. He played Sounds of Silence acoustic. Oh, uh, it was so good. That sounds dope. It was. Wait, did he do the melody? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, have you ever seen him play it acoustic? No, because uh, normally doesn't Garfunkel do the melody? Mm-hmm, and he does a harmony. Um, a great video to watch is, and it's for a sad reason, it's the 10th anniversary of, of September 11th. Yeah. Um, and he's playing, because he's song, a big right? New York guy, Paul yeah. Simon is. Um, he, he plays it, and it's really, like, beautiful and haunting the way he plays it. Mm. Uh, it's it's moving, and that's that's how he did it at the show. Okay, I'll really have to powerful. listen to that. But, uh... We had a huge anyway. We, that wasn't a grass. That was a tangent. That was a that was it's a mile long tangent. Mile long. Yeah, it was like 177 miles away. Mile high. We're in Denver now. It was like 177 that, miles away. That tangent took us all the way to Denver. Like 177 miles away. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, on to the next song. Yeah, which is called 177. What? The exact amount of miles that that tangent took us away. I gave this song four to five. Um, I did not recommend it. Uh, it is the first kind of faster song on the album. Um, again, great like, catchy melody, uh, really great sounding riffs and whatnot and guitars, and it sounds great just like the last song. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I believe that, what does one hundred and seventy-seven mean? I don't know. One seven seven in the backyard. I think they're like partying or something. It seems like one hundred. 77 we're all going to hell probably like i don't know crazy things happen in the backyard yeah i don't know there's a really cool part where the drums go halftime at the end and they're like 100 that's a little bit of post-hardcore influence that they got there yeah good song very good very good song but anyway on to track number three best song in the album perhaps i mean i know it's your favorite song by them I'm not sure if it's my favorite song by them because I still have to listen to, listen to their first album. Oh yeah, but this anyway. The tr- the song is called "The Shape I'm In." Oh, I love this song. Five out of five, and recommended it. Never gets old. Yep. Just Hard like Peter times. Pan. Never not cold. Mm-hmm. Just like Peter Pan. It never gets old. Yeah, true. It's timeless. How does that How does that work, Peter what? Pan? What's the le- What's the legend? Uh, he's He's part of the. Uh, what, he's what, part of the, lo- lo- the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Yeah, they never get old. Never Never Land. But because of being in Never Neverland, or be because they were yeah, I think being in Never Neverland causes you to be ageless. Hmm. Captain Hook never gets old, but he's older than them. Yeah, because he was. Did he go there? Yeah, let's just say. Let's that. just say he did. <laughs> uh, but then, like as we all know, uh, the late great Robin Williams, once he left Neverland, Peter Pan became an, a lawyer, and forgot all about it. That's sad. And he had to get re. He got had to get back in touch with the magic. Wow. Do you ever see that movie, Hook? Mm, no. What? <laughs> well, you already ruined the ending for it. I didn't. That's the, like the beginning. Oh. <laughs> you You find out very early on that he's old Peter Pan. Weird. What yeah. a strange idea for a movie. It's a good idea for a movie, though, and it, it's, it's fun. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. I would have just never thought about it. Yeah, but we're not talking about the shape that Peter Pan's in. We're talking yeah, about the shape, shape that, that I'm in. Yeah. Great song. Or I guess the shape that Vinnie Caruana is in. Did you figure out what that what shape it was that he was in? Square. That, that's <laughs> a shape. Kidding. That's a shape for sure. Um, uh, so this are you just, just talking about like the basic idea of the song? Yeah. Because there, there's like an actual premise about why he wrote that, though. Mm, oh, then I don't know. I believe it was for some type of... I think he had it was either back pain or surgery or something, and it was in like a great deal of pain, and it might have dealt with pay, like pain meds at the same time. Oh, okay. I want to say that's what it was about. Don't quote yeah. me. Okay, but I do remember but reading that somewhere. The basic idea of the song, uh, or just the lyrics of the chorus, you don't know the shape I'm in. This isn't the real me. Know the shape I'm in. Living half asleep. Wait. 
got a lot to do. I couldn't make it without you. So like mm-hmm. he's just saying that uh I guess what a lot of people do is that, that they don't really they're not really honest with other people about how they're actually doing. Yeah, and no one knows like that. no one knows what other people are going through. Yeah. So don't be mean to that person in front of you in the grocery line. Uh, but this song is a ripper. Yes. As soon as it comes it in, it's like, is. and then it gets fast, and then the chorus is it's melodic. Yeah. It's just great. It's a great it's mix a, of like the post-hardcore, pop-punk, Yeah, it's just melodic. a solid song. It's a great song. Like, I guess that is. They are post-hardcore. Is that, is that They definitely te- have some of that, that influence, are? yeah. Interesting. There's like post-hardcore. There's elements like, well, his last band, The Movie Life, was like a little bit of the emo part, post-hardcore. But... You know, they've got a whole bunch of influences going on here. Yeah. But either way, this that song is just the best. And if if for some reason you only want to listen to one song off this album, listen to that one. I'd agree. I'd agree. That's, it's I think it's great. enough to sell people. It's, it's really great. Catchy. Yeah. Uh, on to track number four, which is called Young Kerouac's. Um, Probably my least favorite song on the album. I still, I I still like it, though. It's a good one, but it's I think it's not... I think it's the I like the chorus. song. I like oh, the I chorus. Too. I've been dragging myself through with regards to That's all the worst things. <laughs> and I song. swear to you. I just think it's the weakest on the album. I can see that. That's In not terms to say of, that it's a bad song. I would never skip it if I had the album on. Yeah. Because I think it's same. a great song. But I, I think there, every other song is just a little um, step above. Do you think this is referring to Jack Kerouac? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Who was he again? He was like a writer. He was a writer. Poet. He wrote uh, on the road, the road, the road, the, the, beat, the beatnik generation. He was like the voice of all them. Uh, beatnik, beatnik, or beatnik. Beatniks. What does that it mean? Before the hippies, the countercultural, the people like, revolution. who were like riding in trains, places and whatnot. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Um, like, do you remember in Inside Lewin Davis that movie when he yeah. hitches that ride up to Chicago with uh, John Goodman and that one other dude? Yeah. The other dude was a beatnik poet. Okay. It's a, the countercultural, but it was like before hippies. Hmm. The Beatniks. Interesting. Yeah, but Jack Kerouac, The Road. Read it sometime. It's interesting. Is it? Okay. Drugs and being on the road and all kind of stuff. Okay. Anyway, I, I still like that song. So I guess maybe the title Young Kerouacs is like he's likening them to that. To that. Oh, yeah. Anytime yeah. you hear Kerouac, it, it's, I would say, 99.99999% referring to Jack Kerouac. Probably 100%. Or the influence, yeah. Right? Yeah. Most likely 100%. I don't want to say 100 just because you never know. It could be Tony Kerouac. <laughs> Maybe some other Kerouac. Who knows? Uh, funny. Anyway, on to track number five, the title track called Wolverines. And this is the song where he talks about uh, the Wolverine from the X-Men. <laughs> Not at all. Just kidding. It's the shortest song uh, on the album, it's a, right? It's a really short song, and I'm fairly certain it's just a song about how he loves his buddies. Yeah. It's a great song. Like, it starts off super fast with that pounding bass drum great drums yeah the worst day of my life yeah they're essentially like two verses mm-hmm. first one he talks about it, the worst day of his life and the second one talks about his be- the best day of his life and the second one he got the drums change big time do, yeah do, 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 do. yeah it slows this down is the best day of my life ah. <laughs> but it's basically about how he loves his friends yeah. great song is all it's it's an awesome song yeah I guess I shouldn't say that's all it's about because that's a, <laughs> it's, yeah. a pretty good topic it to is. write a song about. I say this might be one of the more different sounding songs on the album. This yeah, one. it's the only it's one of the only songs that I've heard by them where it like starts off kind of fast and turns slow and ends slow and doesn't go back to be fat to being fast. I can see that. Um. Anyway, on ooh, Beautiful I just tried I just tried my beer again and I got a really nice note. Was it a caramel note or was it the bready notes? I think it was a good combination of both. Interesting. I've been getting some nice broken uh, burps. Broken out hot burps? Not really burp, hot burps. Just it's broken more like out the, burps. Like that tropical burp, it's nice. Nice. I feel like I'm on an island. <laughs> I feel like my mouth is on an island. Yeah. Bro island. <laughs> Bro island. Duh. And Or maybe I've taken a hike through the broken nose. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, when we get back to our our uh, cabin, we're gonna pop on a movie, Brokahontas. Brokahontas. Uh, oh my gosh! But if gosh. that if that VHS isn't working, then we'll we'll just keep it in Disney World and, and put on Brinocchio. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
Pronocchio. Pronocchio. Could you picture that? Like Pronocchio not dressed in those really weird just thinking, yellow hats. Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Say, Bernoke. <laughs> oh, and hide and lead and act his life for me. <laughs> what a great movie. Uh, let's get back to this album. I don't know why we're getting on so many tangents when during I'm the Avalanche. I don't know. It's like this avalanche is spreading out all over the place but the music. <laughs> oh, man. Bronocchio. Oh, Bronocchio. Anyway, uh, track number six. I gave it four to five. It's called Anna Lee. Anna Lee, you never said to me that you felt this way he strains yeah. his voice there you can hear the gruffness yeah he can really make it like belt it out i don't know how he does that i don't know i don't know he knows how to do it he does not everyone can do that nope but oh this is uh, such a catchy song it really is and i guess it's basically about like a past relationship and how he didn't know how she felt during it and wishes that he could go back i guess yeah <laughs> again like a really simple message uh, that's fairly obvious if you just read the lyrics. Yeah, so it's, um, I mean, it, it's there's nothing like subtext. I don't think. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe there is. Who knows? But maybe it seems pretty. Seems pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Though. Yeah. Anyway, on to track number seven called "Save Your Name." I really like the song. Uh, it's my honorable mention. Oh, okay, good. That's a good one. Um, I think this song is basically about redemption, or is a song about. Uh, learning from your mistakes yeah. in the past. Um, the basic idea is that like, you need to learn from your mistakes, move forward, so hopefully you can save your name or say like save your reputation. It's a really good song, though. Fair enough. That's all I have to say. Someone had to save their name. <laughs> On to my last recommendation, which is track number eight. Song called, song is called Where Were You? Question nice. mark. Other than Wolverines, I'd say this is the other outlier on the it album. It is, yeah. It definitely is. But whenever this this song comes up on the album, I'm always like, yes. <laughs> this song is great. This is a great song. It really is. Um, how does it start again? I like, so it's literally just like just that one guitar. Boom, 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 boom. Where were you that night? Oh, yeah. It rained like hell. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just great. I like when right before the drums come in with a do 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 do, he's yeah. like he goes ah, just the little <laughs> gruff like little yeah, ah. yeah. Um, where were you when the lights went out? out. Do 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 live like you should? Ba 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 ba. And that's the basic idea of the song. Yeah, is do you live do you live like you should? Great song. Um, there's also a really nice uh moment. Where key shift? Is that we're gonna talk about? Well, no, not a key shift. There's not really a key shift. There is. This plays an acoustic guitar. Is oh. it a key shift? There's a key shift in the song for sure. I During think... like a, a instrumental part. I'm fairly positive. Is there? We will. We'll, we'll bring this point of contention up later. There probably is. I think there is. I'd like to revisit because I thought that's because you always like that when there's a key shift, but then it comes back to the original key. There's a nice. Uh, well, I mean, there's a nice classic. Classic punk rock trope where you go from the major four to the minor four to the tonic. It's the best. It's not just punk rock. It's it's life. It's life, man. That minor four, though. I love minor fours. It's great. We, we put that in songs before. Oh, yeah. All the time. It's great. But, it's great. It's great. But more importantly, I think Bernocchio would make a great movie. <laughs> Do you Just really? like this frat dude. <laughs> like he's in the frat, like totally being a bro. And being a frat guy and everyone hates him. Yeah. And then he gets cursed oh. by uh, Jiminy Cricket. And gets turned into a, a doll? No, but he starts to, his nose starts to grow when, he, grow when he lies. So the more he lies and is, is a bro for the worse, mm. his nose grows and his skin looks a little bit more woody. Ooh. So he, he's turning into Pinocchio. Dang. So he's got to change the air of his ways. Uh. Or he'll forever be Pinocchio. <laughs> Trademark, Stephen Johnson, copyright, 2018. <laughs> um, whenever you brought Bronocchio up before, I immediately thought of what Bronocchio would look like. Frat guy. Like, would, like if it was a wooden doll, he would have like a, a pink polo on. <laughs> yes. And Popped collar. He'd say, hold collar. my beer, as he was cracking a cola on with the boys. <laughs> He'd just be broing, broing everywhere. 
hold my hold my beer, Geppetto. And he'd be like, that guy. <laughs> I don't know why I started doing that accent, but he'd be like, that guy, Bob Dylan, had it right. The answer is broing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> the answer, my friend, is, is broing in, in the, the wind. wind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, or as Fleetwood Mac said, "You can bro your own way, <laughs> bro your own way." Oh, goodness gracious! Oh my goodness! Uh, what, how many different ways can we figure out how to use bro? Infinite, infinite. Yeah, the yeah. bro verse goes on. The bro verse. It bros on. Uh, but let's go back to this album. Anyway, there's on not too track much number left. nine, which is called "My Lion Heart." It's a good. This is. I like the song. It's a good song. Uh, it's basically, uh, saying that he's figured out like his motivation in life and he's figured out how he wants to live. Yeah. Uh, some of the lyrics are so many days I've wasted closer to death with every burning breath. I'm still going to fight. And then he said, another line is when everyone's asleep, I'm just waking up. When everyone's asleep, I'm just waking up. Yeah. So uh, he repeats that line up quite a bit, right? Is the end so, of the yeah. chorus, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the general idea of that song is uh, he's figured out what his lion heart is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like when you find a lion, you rip its heart out in yeah. Jones style. Yeah, exactly. Kalima, Kalima. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last song, track number 10, uh, you have four to five, is called One Last Time. And it's about uh, regretting the ending of a past relationship and wishing that you can still see them one last time. This is a good song. It is a very good song. My only complaint about this album is that it's only 10 songs long. Oh. I wish it was longer. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded if it was longer either. But since we didn't do it, I can't complain with what we were given. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you think they're going to come out with another album? I don't know. I know he's busy doing movie life stuff right now. Yeah, uh, he brought back the movie life, his original band that broke up in the early two thousands, um, and they they've played a couple of the Avalanche shows in the past year or so. But I don't know. I wouldn't rule anything out. But yeah, you never know. I'd be happy. Yeah, I for sure would. Um, Same here. I've only seen them play live twice. The first time we had no idea who they were. The second time I knew all their stuff, and I was stoked. It was great. Stoked. It was awesome. Uh, whenever we saw them for the first time, I probably talked about this last episode too, but I, whenever we first saw them, I was like, I don't like them. You don't like them? I don't know. I was like, I like them. It was mainly, it was just because of the singing. He's, and, he's, in, like, he's got so much energy though. Do you remember him bouncing around the stage? Yeah. I like, I was, I was so, so dumb. His voice. Well, no, it's just, it, it didn't strike you at first. That's all it was. Well, yeah. But like. I think that's natural for, for something that you don't n- normally listen to or something that doesn't isn't like in your wheelhouse from the get-go, you're not going to connect immediately. Yeah, that's and it, true. And it'll take a, a minute to sit in. For like for true. me, like I, I wouldn't say that I connect 100% with Animal Collective, but having like forced myself to listen, I was I started to get it after a while. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, I think I'm the Avalanche is much more accessible than Animal Collective. Yeah, I would say so as well. Uh, much more accessible, but yeah, it wasn't it's not your wasn't your the music you listen to that much, so I can, I, I can understand Makes that. Makes sense. But he's got great energy live. Vinnie Caruana does. And um, I recently saw him play with The Movie Life in Nashville at a awesome festival put on by Chad from Newfound Glory called Breakfast. It started at like 9 in the morning. There was like coffee and all kinds of breakfast food. Um, but uh, The Movie Life played and Bayside played. And there's this Bayside song called Walking Wounded from the album that you reviewed. Yeah. Where Vinnie uh, was a guest Makes singer on the album. Did he do it this time? He did it live. Oh, nice. It was so cool. I was just, I was waiting for because I was like, last time I saw the uh, I'm the Avalanche and Bayside play, they did not collaborate on stage. So yeah. they better do it this time, or <laughs> I want my money back. And they did, and I was happy. Nice, yeah, awesome. Um, so next week we are going to actually it might be the next two episodes or so. We're going to do some one-offs because yeah. I still feel kind of drained from listening to so much Animal Collective. <laughs> and Jesse's got a trip coming up in a little yeah. bit, going back to Minnesota going for back to Minnesota shenanigans for and wedding and and uh, Surly and all kind of stuff. Hopefully, I get to go to Surly while I'm there. If not, maybe you can find him. Maybe just find a place that has got it on draft and say quick draft, quick draft, quick draft, quick draft, quick draft. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're heading up for a wedding. Yep, um, heading so up for a wedding. I'm not really sure what we're gonna do for one off. We'll find something fun. We'll figure it out. Yeah. 
Probably not Beatles since we just did that. Maybe... I was thinking about this earlier. What were you thinking about? Um, we could... We could do another... Uh, that other Hostage Calm album. The most recent one? Yeah, Diane Stage. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could do uh, The Joshua Tree. That'd be a good one. Let's do Hostage Calm. So... So what we'll do is, next week we'll do Hostage, Calm, Die on Stage, and then the following week we'll do an old, um, more, well, not even old, but more a war, more well-known album. Yeah. Um, which we don't, we don't know yet, but we'll let you know next week. How about that? We'll hold you in suspense. So if you want to prepare for next week, uh, you can listen to the album Hostage, uh, Die, <laughs> album, Stage, Die on Stage by Hostage, by Hostage Calm. Calm. It's the last album they recorded before they mm. broke up, and I think it's their best album. It's too bad that they broke up. I, I, I'll... I didn't buy a ticket, but I was going to see them in Nashville play with, um, I think it was Neck Deep. That would have been a pretty cool show. Uh, yeah, and then they broke up. I was so bummed. That's so terrible. That's the Stephen Johnston luck, though. Like, the Swellers broke yeah. up when I started liking them. Yep. Yeah. It is what it is. Motion City. Yep. Tis what it is. Um, uh, but I guess well, let's do one in memoriam right now. Um, I, I meant to put this earlier, but uh, Mac Miller, mm. uh, big Pittsburgh rap artist, um, probably the biggest Pittsburgh rapper next to Wiz Khalifa uh, passed away two days ago. Uh, so by the time you hear this, it would probably be about a week ago. Yeah. Um, I only knew one of his albums. My my good buddy Jason Gorman was a huge Mac Miller fan, and he always was trying to get me to listen to him. And I knew, I, like I remember in Pittsburgh, we'd always see like um, people would post his stickers all over the place on street yeah. signs and stuff. There was billboards for Mac Miller. Everyone liked Mac Miller in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, he passed away two days ago. Uh, they're saying it's speculation of a, an accidental overdose or something. I'm not really sure. Uh, but it's big loss. It's always sad when something like yeah, that happens. It's real sad. Yeah. He was but, 26. Uh, he was 26. That's weird. Yeah. It's weird because we're, we're older I'm, than him. Yeah, because I'm 27 now. Yeah, I'm almost 27. But, Super weird. Uh, it's so weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna start to delve into some more of his music, I think, just to maybe honor him in some Respect, yeah, but I mean, he was way. popular for a reason. Yeah, for sure. Um, the one album I had was called, I think, Blue 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 Swing Park. Is that what it was? Blue Lamp? Whatever I it was. Have no idea. I, don't I liked know. it because there was. He talked about some Pittsburgh scenery, and, and he, oh, really? He, at least on this album, and I'm I'm sure he did another album. There was definitely like pride for Pittsburgh, and I thought that was mm-hmm. always really cool because I I like Pittsburgh a lot. Yeah. But anyways, let's uh, before we we finish our beers, let's have let's, let's just have a, a, a cheers to Mac Miller. Okay. So let's say shibbity beep a cheers. Shibbity beep a cheers. How about shibbity beep a Mac Miller? Okay. Shibbity beep a Mac Miller! R.I.P., my friend. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It is. Shame, because I, I think he had just released an album a month ago, and he, I think he had a plan for a tour coming up. Yeah. Well, in the words of Billy Joel, only the good die young. So why is Paul McCartney and Billy Joel still with us? I guess they're not good. And Paul Simon. <laughs> but I mean, come on. Yeah. That's it's just a song. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. That is too bad though. It is. But uh, you know, so is life. It happens to the best of us. It um, happens to the worst of us. Life goes on and all we can do is remember those who have touched us in one way or another. Life goes on and these chords continue. What's that from? What do you mean? Chords continue. That's from a song, is it not? No. That's from a song that I was writing. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I, I recognize that line. Yeah, it's a song I told you about. How yeah, how Zach came up. Zach and I came up with it because we were like, we want to get a tattoo. Let's figure out a phrase to get out to get tattooed. It's a good phrase, and that's the phrase we thought of. It's a really good phrase. We were like, that's so stupid. It's a cool phrase. But then now that I thought about it, it's like, huh? Yeah, that's kind of a good phrase. Yeah, especially for elements like that, or like Chester from uh, Lincoln Park, or any of the yeah, Tony Sly. That's what I was gonna say. It's that. At least, like, we have his music to remember him by. For those of us, for people who didn't know him, because obviously when someone passes away, the friends and family have memories and stuff, but for everyone else, we have their their art. Their music, yeah. Their music. Yeah, just like in the case of Tony Sly. Yeah, I don't know Tony Sly personally, never did, but his music touched me very very profoundly. Yeah. So anyway. Um, Next week, we'll be reviewing Hostage Calm, Die on Stage. Yep. It'll be a fun one-off. We'll each have the same beer that week. Um, Yep. But for now, um, my beer has stayed the same, the Broken Up by Southern Grist. Is yours? As I had said before, the as it warmed up, the notes kind of got a little bit more pronounced. Came and more, through a little more? Yeah. yeah but, um, it was good. solid. Um, shall we uh, cheers and sign off? We shall. 
All right. And the words um, that we always... What are you going to say? Before, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, you guys can contact us on any of the those weird things that exist called social media. Uh, we Twitter, we have a Twitter. Facebook. Do we have a Twitter? We do. We have a Twitter. Just look us up American Brews and Tunes. We have an Instagram. And we have a Facebook. Or you can shoot us an email at AmericanBrewsandTunes at gmail.com. Or you can visit a website, BrewsandTunesPodcast.com. We do take recommendations for one-off episodes. So if you're a a listener and you want, you're like, oh, you guys need to check out this album. It's super dope. Bro. Let us know. Then let us know, bro. Or... Unless, the, unless you're recommending Nazi songs, yeah, <laughs> we'll listen to it and we'll we'll review it for you. What's the girl version of bro? Bro, bro. this is 2018. Bro can mean guy or girl, man. I don't know. Gender anyway. connotations don't exist. <laughs> Bros for life. <laughs> oh, plot um, twist: Bernocchio's a girl. Oh. <laughs> He ain't no frat guy. He's a sorority sister. Sorority sister. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's gonna, sign off. This is getting better and better. Wait, I was going to say something else. Uh, what was it going to be? I don't know. It was some other type of housekeeping. Oh, yeah. If you if you guys like the podcast, feel free to share it with people. Yeah, we're on all like Stitcher, po- uh, Apple Podcasts, all over the place. SoundCloud. <laughs> Check us out. What are you doing? I'm flexing. I'm dancing. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Right now, Steve's just like has both of his arms in a flex and is dancing or something. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It's my I'm ready to sign off flex. Okay. Sign off the beer. Time to sign off. Well, anyways, as we always say on American Brews and Tunes, Shibbity Beep Delicious. Pronocchio. I'm gonna. I would like to make that into a movie or a screenplay. Yeah, do it. Anyways, uh, thanks again for joining us. My name is Stephen Johnston, and my name is Jesse Bronocchio Titus. Oh gosh, <laughs> this is American Brews and Tunes. Um, bye. <laughs> Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should. Song American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity beam a